A note. Following advice from work-life imbalance may lead to action being taken by HR, your SOs, or authorities both higher and human. Welcome to Work-Life Imbalance, an advice show focusing on workplace and lifestyle issues. Any resemblance to actual advice, living or dead, or actual wisdom is purely coincidental. I'm your co-host, Frank Eastman. And I am your apparently main host, Derek Lewis. Well, we can both be co-hosts. That is true. I guess that is how it works. I guess it's either uh, both be co-hosts or one be the one be the superhero, other be the sidekick. Is that how it works? It can, and we can do it that way, but I figure, you know, we're we're equal partners in this in this deal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't see myself as being a superhero so much, so yeah, that works. Well, I mean, I am a superhero, but <laughs> uh are you a superhero or a supervillain? I think that's important to establish. You you might have caught me on that one. <laughs> All right. So, I got something I want to talk to you about. All and, right. Uh, this is near and dear to my heart. I know that we've talked about uh it more generally in the past. Um, so what is your feeling on the new season of the Great British Bake Off? Have you watched it? <laughs> I haven't seen the latest season. No. No. Uh, yeah. No. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about how you feel about the new hosts and, uh, the new judge. Uh, it's really important to me. Yeah. I, I haven't seen it yet. I am a, uh, an admittedly terrible person. <laughs> well, I mean, that confirms it. For well, sure. yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, it was like when I when I knew that Mary Berry wasn't going to be there and, and they were going to change the hosts. Um, I, I guess I was a little heartbroken. And I I totally get that. I really do. I promise. Um, but uh, Jessica and I watched the, the whole of the, the new series and um see see i'm saying series it's because for the great british bake-off and they <laughs> go series not seasons that's that's very topical you should you should appreciate that you're, you're very um, british now but uh but no, so you have like still you still have paul hollywood there i mean he's the silver fox i mean he is the cornerstone of the show apparently uh literally cannot replace him but yeah instead of mary berry they got prue leaf which you know i, I thought that she was a very um very charming lady um the, the one thing that I was really kind of uh, disappointed is that, uh, you know, Mary Berry was all, all about soggy bottoms. Yeah. Like, that was like, world hunger and soggy bottoms were her two main causes. Yeah, like, no, definitely. If she, could, if she could end both of those, the world would be right. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with her. Yeah, I, I agree too. But, um, you know, Prue is, you know, she's more like, hmm, that needs to be crispier, or hmm, that needs to be a little bit better of a bake. Like, she's not, like, whipping out the soggy bottoms like I would expect somebody to. Mm. Uh, especially the Mary Berry uh, replacement. Yeah. And Prue seems to be a little bit, um, I don't know, maybe she's a little bit of a teetotaler, because, uh, I mean, you know Mary Berry, like, every single episode, they were if anybody was using, like, gin or some other alcohol in their bake, she was like, ooh, because you know Mary Berry loved her tipple. Oh, like, yeah. Absolutely all for it. Like, you know. She wanted to pretend that she didn't, but we all knew. <laughs> she was she was a little coy, uh, but but no, she loved that tipple. Um, and uh, the new 
hosts because it used to be Sue and Mel. Right. You know, I Jessica and I just love Sue and Mel. Yeah. Um, Sue, Sue especially. She, yeah, she is a a special creature. Um, but you know, so they replaced them with uh, Noel Fielding from the Mighty Boosh. Really. Um, which I thought, which I thought was a uh, a little bit of a weird pick, and uh, the other replacement was uh, Sandy Tokesvig, um, which I hadn't seen much about her. Apparently, right. she's a uh, she's fairly beloved in Britain. Okay, um, I'd seen her on uh, on QI, um, which is the show with uh, Stephen Fry, and um, like it's like a panel show, right? Um, really funny. Um, but I'd seen her on there, and she was always quite a hoot. And apparently, she also took over for Stephen Fry in this last season of QI. Um, so, like, we've got to see a lot more about Sandy, and Sandy is fantastic. A um, little bit drier wit than uh, than like Mel or Sue, but still super funny um, and super charming. I'm not going to give any spoilers about the ep- about the the way the season turned out, but uh, on the last episode, um, when they were basically about to start, like the final uh, showstopper challenge, Sandy was crying, like just bawling like a baby. Aww. She was like, I've come to love you all so much and I can't stand not to be in the tent with all of you. I was like, oh my God, Sandy, quit ripping out my heart. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm sad enough the season's over. Oh, man. See, um, now I'm going to have to go and watch it. I, I had been heartbroken, you know, to say goodbye to, to Sue and Mel, but maybe it's time for change. If honestly, if they could have just run like the two of them parallel, just like control C, control V uh, from like, you know, channel one to channel four and just let them both run independently. Um, hell, Paul Hollywood could do both. I mean, he's versatile. Um, yeah. Who who cares? Um, but no, I it, it it's nice. It's good. It's not um, it's not the exact same, but it has. All the same charm. Uh, Channel Four did a good job, so um, I'm I'm excited that uh, it's still going to go on, and uh, and then they're doing an experiment because um, you know for and I, I did not mean for this to be the uh, the the great baking show review of 2018, um, <laughs> but they also have the uh, the great American baking show, uh, really? which you know they they did the great American Bake Off. Years ago, right? Uh, they tried it with fucking Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> well, I mean, when you think America and you're not in America, of course you think Jeff Foxworthy. But tell me what, when you think of Jeff Foxworthy, like what culinary acumen could he possibly have? And not, no, no, not, not to say that like Mel or Sue had any particularly strong ones, but like at least they knew about like. Tudor pastries and you know shoe pastry and yeah when I when I think Jeff Foxworthy and baking I think uh, biscuits in a can it's, that is the exact thing that I had in mind not even fresh biscuits like pop open the can toss them in a pan and I hope that they come out come out in time for the gravy like <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh but no they so they they rebooted it you know because it had been several years. But then they have uh, these two comedians that are just American comedians that I I'm not familiar with. I, I forget what their names are, but they're it's it's weird. It's like two food puns, and that's their actual names. And I'm pretty sure that's why they picked them. Really? Yeah. It's um, 
I'm, I have nothing good to say about that. I mean, they're funny. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, but like, uh, the guy, you know, he had been a football player of like a, apparently an NFL, NFL player. Um, and all literally all of the things he says is a joke. That is a pun between baking and football. Like it's like, all right, y'all we're on the, the five yard line. It's time to time to pull it on into the end zone. And I'm like, Stop! You're killing my beloved baking show. <laughs> oh man! So so this is the one that was the American one with um, it had Mary though, right? No, d- does not have Mary. Uh, it's it's uh. a guy and Paul Hollywood. So no Mary Berry on that one either. Um, I don't know what show Mary Berry has gone to, but we need to find her. We need to put her on APB. Find out where Mary Berry's gone. Probably somewhere where there's a lot of gin. Ample amounts of uh, gin with Mary Berry's name on it. All right, I think I I think we've beat this to death long enough. I'm I'm sorry if our listeners have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. Wait, wait. Could you say that we've overworked this stuff? <laughs> it is clearly overworked and overbaked. <laughs> Bake's all wrong. The bake is all wrong on this one. <laughs> so you know what what's on my mind right now. Of course, is uh, if we if we move from life to work, business travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I've got a uh, a big business trip uh, every every quarter. Uh, we have to go to Boston, uh, the Great White North. <laughs> at this point, yeah. for for a one week long plan of Palooza, which is ordinarily fine. Uh, and ordinarily enjoyable, except, well, right now we've got one of those polar vortex hernias going on, <laughs> and we're going to be flying right into the teeth of like 10 degree weather, and I live in the south. Yeah, yeah I, I realize I, I, I used to own winter coats, uh, but now I don't. Because I didn't really feel like spending all that money for the one day a year that it actually got cold. And, and by lunch, you were probably warm enough to take it off. Oh, exactly. It's like I, I walk out the front door. I go, oh, man, I'm glad I've got this coat. And then, you know, midway through the day, I'm like, man, I, I hate having to carry around right. this giant coat. So I just haven't bothered to buy a decent-sized winter coat Yeah. in years. Except, well... Monday, I'm supposed to be flying out to the polar vortex asshole of the world. (laughs) So I went out to try and find a coat. Now, anybody that knows me knows that I am a gentleman of significant stature. Yes, quite. Which is is a polite way of saying I am a fat, tall guy. (laughs) Both big and tall. Yes, both big and tall. Uh, yeah, sometimes I have problems finding clothes, but not usually that big of a deal. This whole polar vortex going all the way into the south thing, though. Yeah, I went to the cupboard and the cupboard was bare. (laughs) Well, see, I think we all kind of like tossed our winter clothes because, uh, uh, none of us like this whole global warming, uh, climate change thing, but I think we were all kind of expecting it to kind of, uh, you know, stay, stay hot in the summer, mild in the winter. Cause like most of the last five have been pretty mild. Um, yeah. except for like the, you know, the great 
one inch thick ice sheet we got in like 2012 or 2013, one of the two. Um, but I think other than that, like we kind of thought that, you know, that the cold had forsaken us. Yeah. Well, I guess El Presidente was right. And the, the Chinese <laughs> have stopped their hoax and let the cold come back. <laughs> they waited to stop, a, stop the hoax at just the right moment. Exactly. Or, or if you're scientifically minded, it could be that the climate is so completely fucked right now that the, uh, the air patterns that usually keep those polar vortexes up, you know, where they belong in Canada, there are now, uh, are letting them sag down into the, uh, into the great United States. Yeah. And another, another thing that is, that is changing, uh, you'd expect that if this had happened years ago, um, you'd have at least heard a sorry from Canada. I mean... No, like they, they haven't even apologized for letting their cold slip down here. No, not yet. I mean, maybe someone should let them know. They might not realize that their polar vortex has slipped. Yeah, they, they may have stopped uh, paying attention to America, you know, roughly, I don't know, 11 months ago, 12 or 13 months ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, so did you actually find a coat or did you just have to fashion something out of like some tarpaulin? Oh, nay, nay, yes. I have not found a coat. At this point, I, I am probably going to be uh, wearing some sort of rags and uh, <laughs> and blankets fashioned into some sort of warm cocoon. <laughs> well, uh, I'll make sure to make sure to bring maybe a fleece blanket or something like that to, to throw onto the, the blanket pile to protect you. I should probably be fine. Uh, but if we get stuck in like a snow drift or, or a drive through window, I'm going to end up looking like Michael Pollard and Scrooged. <laughs> now that, that is a reference I've not thought of in a while. <laughs> we're, we're just a little past the season, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking more, more generally about that, like some people, uh, some people that I talk to in some like job postings that I'll see, uh, they say, you know, lots of travel. Uh, some people consider that um, a perk, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, you know, came into this job not knowing that there was going to be travel and then all of a sudden have travel every three months. You know, I don't, it's not, not that I hate it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I get to see some other part of the country uh, occasionally, but not like this, Frank. Yeah. The bloom is, is a little off the rose at this point. I, I actually did not take a uh, a promotion uh, specifically because that promotion was going to involve more travel. To oh the, God, to the more same, travel! You know, to the same Boston area. Uh, so I would have been going up there eight times a year instead Ugh. of four times a year. Oh, and that would be that would be terrible. Which I I I'm one of those people I don't dislike business travel. I really like hotel rooms. Mm -hmm. I like. That I can hang all of my clothes up and put all my things in the places I want them to be, and then I can return later, or, and they're right. all there. <laughs> As opposed to the home life, where it's just like a pack of cougars that are on the prowl for loose clothes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, I, I put things down, and it's like, I, I thought that was there, but I guess it's not. Or, you know, I put my shoes where I want them, or... Yeah, no, it allows me to at least have the illusion that I myself am am not uh, a totally messy person, although I, I know for a fact that the, the mess in my house is, you know, 50% mine at the very least. Right. But, uh, and, and I also like airplanes. I honestly do. <laughs> I like being up in the air. It does not bother me. I'm not one of those people that is disturbed. What I don't like 
is all the shit between the car and the airplane. Yeah. That I could do without. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the uh, the TLC by the TSA, um, not exactly oh. the high point of the trip. Especially with you ever since <laughs> since they put those new scanners in and all of a sudden it's like it's like you go in, everything lights up. It's like, okay, buddy, let's get a little let's get physical, physical. <laughs> exactly. Uh start pulling out the gloves. I've gotten felt up by more men since uh I had to start traveling regularly than I have in my entire life. <laughs> Was it one? 10, like 20? Yeah, don't open the book of my life in the middle and start reading. <laughs> Look, I'm not judging. We are, we, we've said it before. We are a judgment-free That's zone. That's true. Uh, just, just want to know you. Yeah, better. no, I mean. Want to know you like those guys that pat you down. I mean, well, let's see. We're, we're up to eight per year because we got four trips a year and, and I get it coming and going, but I'm bump. Uh, so yeah, eight, eight's definitely above what the, uh, the yearly average had been prior to that. Okay. All right. So you kept it, kept it pretty, um, pretty conservative before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of straight laced. Yeah. So how about an audience question? Let's do it. All right. So this one was sent in by Mortified Megan from Midtown. <laughs> it's, okay. uh, it's a really good name. I like it. <clears throat> so when you're walking down a hall at work. And you see someone you only kind of know or don't really know. What do you do? Eye contact. Polite smile. Hi. No hi. It's so awkward I want to just rip my face off whenever this happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. This this is a, a problem constantly. Um, I mean, and personally for myself, like I am a somewhat social introvert like i can pretend really well uh that i that i like people you don't say then and that i can uh i can i don't know that i'm allowed to be that i should be allowed to be around people like <laughs> every once in a while they um, let you loose <laughs> yeah um but yeah i i constantly have this problem because uh you know there are some people where it's like you know the rules of engagement like, uh, if I see somebody who is you know, a decent acquaintance, like somebody that like I know, um, whenever we're going down the hall, uh, kind of do the, uh, the Bob down or the Bob up as right. it were, uh, as us guys do. Um, and you never want to like do the opposite of what the other one does. Like you wait for the first person to Bob and the other person matches. Like you don't want to have the situation where I go I go up and somebody else goes down and that just you immediately have to like Thunderdome situation yeah. to go in yeah. and come out blades blades um, to the death instant trial by combat is is required um, but no if uh, like passing in the hall or like holding the door for somebody or having the door held for you for some reason. Uh, I lose the ability to speak. It's re it's really weird. Like, like if I if I pass you in the hall, I'll be like, "Hey, Frank." It's like, no big deal. But if I don't know the person that well, like, I'll be like, "Hi, hi, yeah, thanks, thanks for holding the door for me." It's like, you know, maybe I won't say like a full sentence or anything, but I'll be like, "Yeah, thanks." Like, I will not actually speak the words out loud. I'll just mouth them, <laughs> and like. 
it's not like I've ever had this behavior observed to me or, you know, shown to me. Uh, it's just like, yeah, if you don't know the person, you, you know, maybe it's like a not talking to strangers thing. It's like you can mouth words to strangers, but you, you can't can't actually talk to them. That's that's true. Well, I mean, it's been ingrained in us since, uh, you know, children of the 80s that uh, you shouldn't talk to strangers. Uh, right. For me, it, it's somewhat easier uh, just because I've already got something of a reputation of being a complete asshole. Um, <laughs> and I've got uh, something of that uh, that thousand yard stare. So I can just lock that thing in and and march down the hall and nobody wants to uh to attract the the attention of the dangerous man yeah exactly and then i can just go about my life in peace i can see that so i think from what you should do it depends on what kind of person you want to be in the office like right you're you would like to to present a, a more friendly uh sort of front right yeah absolutely i uh as far as like my coworkers, like I, even with people that aren't on my team, like I tend to build like, like I'll get to like that superficial friendly relationship, like immediately, like it doesn't take very long for me. So, um, the more people that I have spoken more than a sentence to, you know, as that list grows, uh, the more and more people I have to, to, you know, be worried about and not give them a thousand yard stare and act like I don't see them. Uh, but that's a, yeah, I, I try to be, I try to be very friendly. I try to, uh, maybe have like a, a quip or like some, I, I'm kind of, a, I'm kind of, uh, putting myself on blast here, but like the occasional finger gun. Oh no. Um, but see the, but see the problem is that the thing is like, like I play it off like I'm doing the finger guns ironically. Oh no. But like how many times can you use that before it's not ironic? Yeah. No. Is there, is there a number like three? <laughs> Oh no! Three's the number. Oh, is it more than oh, no. three now? Oh, it's orders of magnitude more than three. Yeah, no, you're just that guy. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you've become that that's guy. That's bad. Yeah, no, sorry, oh. I hate to break it to you. You you've become that guy, and that's the danger. See, that's why I maintain, you know, this this good distance between me and all human contact. And this air of mystery. Exactly. So I don't have that build up to the point where I realize that I'm doing something and it, and it's become, you know, that guyism. Yeah, that's that's a decent point. Um, but then you have like, you know, these people that I consider kind of. I mean, I, I wouldn't say psychopath because you don't do it <laughs> and you are a psychopath. Um, so it's not all psychopaths, but like some people uh, have this tendency to just no matter who it is. No matter what they're doing, they will pretend like they don't see you. Right. And it's not like uh, like everybody's doing it to me, but you know, no. I, I think I would I would feel uh, you know some amount of bad if everybody was doing it to me. Uh, but no, it's just like individual people doesn't do it to everybody. Um, and so like you know, the first couple weeks that I notice somebody's like that. I'll still kind of try. I'd be like, "Hey, I'll give them the I'll give them the nod and, you know, hopefully prompt them to give the nod back." Right. Um but then after a couple weeks of them not returning the nod, then I I'll just kind of I'll play their game. I will <laughs> I will pretend like I don't see them. Yeah. And it and it works great. I uh, I mean, it it seems to work out well for those people. 
I try right. I try not to be that unapproachable. I like to just allow my resting asshole face to to be <laughs> the guard between me and possible human interaction. Yeah, I I mean it seems like most of yours is like you know somewhat of a superficial uh deterrent um because I've never like I've never said you know, hello to you and just receive like an instant unprompted karate chop to the neck. Exactly. Like, like that. Like, it's not like, it's not like I've sprung a trap and all of a sudden, you know, mortal harm has come to my body. No, no, um, no. I, I have to be unwelcoming yet welcoming. Right. Yeah. Uh, if, if somebody sees through the facade, then you're, it's like, oh, hi, hi. But no, it takes a brave man to break that, break that uh, illusion. Well, I have to be able to do that because, you know, uh, as a manager, I have to allow people to approach, but just as long as they've genuflected appropriately beforehand. <laughs> as long as they, they understand how dangerous it truly is. So I think to, to answer the audience question, uh, Megan's question, uh, it really seems like it depends on what kind of balance you want to strike, huh? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, and I, I think there's some, there's probably some complexity that we're overlooking because here's the thing, both you and I are in particular industries. We're industries surrounded by, uh, you know, developers, um, by a, a lot of people, a lot of tech people, um, people that by and large, uh, don't get hired specifically for their social skills. Oh yeah. No, definitely. Uh, so I, I think this may this advice <laughs> this advice may not translate uh, across industries. Yeah, um, I mean, if if you're a cashier, I would not suggest my approach. <laughs> just, just don't don't even talk to the customers. Like, don't even tell them. Just just point to the screen of how much they owe you and how much their change will be. <laughs> it's like, okay, whenever you go up to this cashier, don't don't make eye contact. That's the worst thing you can do. Uh, just, just point to the, on, on the board, what your order will be. Uh, don't customize for, for the love of God, do not customize. And, and I mean, like anything, it seems there, there's even, uh, some variation there. Cause I know there are those restaurants where they're sort of famous for the wait staff, just being absolutely like brutal to the customers. Uh, well, I mean like Nikki's here oh, in Birmingham, yeah. uh, if, if, <laughs> you pull out your cell phone, out of the line. You take more than five seconds to make a decision, out of the line. But see, I, I think that's built a little bit on like, like respect. If you are disrespectful to, you know, the people serving you food by being on your cell phone, or you know, being disrespectful to the people behind you by not being prepared. Um, yeah, I, I can see that being kind of like, you know, when you step in the doors, you know that like those are the things that can get you in trouble. Um, especially now that like, like you said, I, I'd completely forgotten, but yeah, it is, it is clearly rules of engagement, uh, that, you know, it's, it's a joke now. I mean, they're, they're still going to throw you out of line, but, uh, but it's kind of funny when it happens. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. For, for Megan, uh, for, from Midtown, I think we're going to go with, uh, definitely what you should do is the thousand yard death stare. And then you can you can dial it in from there. The thousand yard Death Star we have now uh, proven is applicable everywhere, up to and including customer service. So let's just go ahead with that. Then you've already minimized your impact, right? Uh, in terms of you know incoming uh, personal contact from other human beings, 
And then if, yeah. And then if you find yourself wanting more human, uh, interaction, if you want, you know, the contact with other people, you can dial it back a little bit. And, uh, I think the only thing that we have proven without a doubt that is the worst thing to do. Yeah. The finger guns. Yeah. Definitely the finger guns. Yeah. No, then you're just that guy. I'm not going to lie, Frank. The amount of, uh, pure self-loathing that's setting in from being the finger gun guy. It's a deep, dark pit. No, no, no self-loathing. I mean, if we're going to go to a deep, dark pit, we <laughs> should probably go to the internet. That's a good point. That, that's a good way to, uh, that's a good way to shake this. I, I find that when I am, you know, loathing myself, it's easy to go to the internet and find other people that are much, much more deserving of my loathe. Um, exactly. Right, I got one for you. Okay. Uh, this one is by user Beeks. 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 Yeah, there's like a B with Beeks. like eight E's. KS. So, uh, so. All right. Yeah, I submitted without comment. Um, should I have eaten this unattended cake in the break room? I found this left unattended on the break room table, took it back to my desk, and ate it. Should I have left it there? It seems suspicious. Uh, and the, the picture that goes along with it is this um, not-so-fresh-looking cake uh, with, <laughs> with, with a fork and knife already on the plate that he <laughs> took it from. Uh, hmm. Wow. So did he take a picture of, of the cake prior to taking a piece or is this a picture of his own plate with a piece of cake So in the picture you can see where the rest of the cake was laying because there's like like a kind of like a it seems kind of like a a, a roulade or something like that where it's like a, a long kind of cake and so you can kind of see the the rest of the, of the ah. area on the plate where it was kind of sitting so and he also says i found this left unattended on the break room table so i'm assuming uh, and if for nothing else than for comedic purposes, we're going to assume that this is exactly how he found it. Yes. Which means it was poisoned. See, I I would agree that anything left unattended is uh, safer to, to assume that it is poisoned. Um, that's just like, learn that at five years old, going to carry that to my grave type of thing. Um, but the thing is, the fact that there was a fork and knife already on the plate, uh, doesn't lead me to believe that this is a trap for somebody to be poisoned. Um, it leads me to believe that he just stole somebody's cake that they were eating and were, you know, temporarily interrupted, expecting to return to their cake, and they would not find cake waiting for them. Oh. A, a case of cacus interruptus. <laughs> Oh, uh, in flagrante delicioso. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh man. So we have a cake thief exactly. who has posted their dirty deed on the internet. Yeah, I mean, this, this is not, uh, somebody who took a piece of cake that, you know, the offers were somewhat suspect. Uh, he's just a cake thief. Um, now oh. we, we have talked about my, uh, my love of food um, both in person and on this podcast before. Um, right. Yeah. So if I sat down and I was just, and, and also 
I mean, this guy looked like he was just digging into the whole cake himself. Um, like, just take the whole roulade and just go to town. Um, you know, if I have chosen that to be my activity for the day, um, I've already, like, pushed some other things off, rescheduled some things. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, this I is mean... a commitment that I have made. Um, I feel that if I, you know, was was three quarters of the way done and got a phone call and I had to step out and I came back and that cake wasn't there, I would feel pretty, pretty off kilter. It's like, like, okay, so can I like put some stuff back on the schedule or can I still take the like the next two hours to be comatose and take some sort of like disgust nap or something? Or do I have to like like schedule it, you know, kind of crank it back to like maybe an hour of disgust nap. Well, here's the thing. See, like it should be fairly easy to tell whose cake you've stolen based on who in the office seems like the kind of person who would eat an entire <laughs> cake entirely on their own. Well, I, I, I get your point. I, I agree with you, but the problem is, is this by, by reputation or by reading the book by the cover or judging the book by the cover. Um, because uh. I, I, I don't think I'm being too bold here, but I think both of us are kind of on that docket of people that might be accused of eating a whole cake in one sitting. This is true. Yeah. If, if, uh, someone were to find an entire cake that had been eaten and there was just a fork and a knife, they would be like, ah, Frank was here. <laughs> Oh, no. Okay, so so let's go back. So disregarding the uh, the fork and knife that's sitting there and the uh, um, cacus interruptus that that we have assumed, um, what are what are the other flaws in assuming that this is something that should be eaten? I mean, poisoning, obviously. Um, right. But like this doesn't look like a particularly appetizing cake. Like, if you're going to make a honey pot for, you know, to poison somebody, uh, you'd want it to look like a really good cake, wouldn't you? This is true. This is true. I mean, this is like, you know, somebody at Walmart got fancy with, you know, the half inch of sheet cake they had left and they're, you know, overworked. Uh, Again, we're going back to baking, apparently. Um, Last time we were talking about beefy men, this time we're talking about cakes. Um Put them together. We've got beef cake. <laughs> oh, oh! I laughed so hard my headphone fell out. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, um, this does not look like an appealing cake. This is not something uh, that is irresistible. Um, ooh, so so this is shame cake. Exactly. You're not going after all people. You're going after a very particular type of person. A type of type of bottom feeder that doesn't mind two to three day old open air Walmart cake. <laughs> there's there's someone at the office like that. There's there's always someone at the office like that. So I think we're we're back again to you can narrow it down. <laughs> like I think people would look at you and I and go, yeah, that guy he could eat an entire cake. But I I don't know if they would look at us and go. Yeah, he's going to get a three-day-old sheet cake from Walmart and just tuck in That is exactly right. And you know what? I have some pride in that. Uh, I may be a fat bastard, but at least I am discerning. 
I want exactly. I demand uh, decent, if not somewhat expensive food to stuff into my gob. <laughs> yeah, if I'm going to eat a completely unconscionable amount of cake, I want it to at least be good cake. So, so going on that down that route, uh, if this was a cake meant to appeal to um, the shameful bottom feeders uh, that have no discretion about what they eat, um, is this kind of like a culling? Are they... Are they trying to like weed out some of the the bad seed? Like, what are they doing? I, I don't know. I think in this instance that we're probably down to uh, either this was uh, a cake that was purposefully left in the break room because it was terrible cake that happens oh, yeah. a lot. But the the thing that I'm the the thing that I will point to that suggests that's not the case is the fork, like a knife. A knife can be left with a cake like that with the suggestion that you can cut a piece, take right. a piece. But a fork, a fork suggests someone sitting down and actively noshing down on this I, cake. I agree with that. I agree with that. Th- that's, And I just don't see the kind of person who is going to, to nosh down on three-day-old sheet cake to be the Machiavellian sort of mastermind to to leave poison cake laying around I, in the office. I agree with that. Alright, so so let's see. Um could be poisoned. Um you could be interrupting somebody else's uh terrible mistake. Um why else assuming that it is completely innocently left there for somebody else to consume, uh is there any situation um I mean, I guess there is you know, some situation where uh, where the cake would be acceptably eaten, but uh, you think that the, wouldn't wouldn't they have like put a little sign out there or something if they free yeah cake. free cake uh, or at least taken away the fork? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, the fork is the thing that that makes it problematic. If it's got a fork, like a fork is an international symbol for I am actively oh, eating oh, this. Oh, I just noticed something. So, even going on your vein of international symbol uh that's recognized in the culinary field, the fork and knife are sitting at 10 and 2. So that is meaning mm. that they are done. So, what we have here is we have somebody that ate three quarters of a cake, decided that was enough, <laughs> and, and set the silverware <laughs> down, and and left it, either for some other um, carrion person, um, some vulture person, to come and finish it, or they were a disrespectful bastard that left it for somebody else to clean up. Hmm. Yeah. Now we've got, we've got one of two ways. Although, you know, I'm trying to put myself into the, the body or the mind of this person. I think I'm probably already in the body of this person. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, we may already have but, some of the physical characteristics of a, uh, of a, uh, cereal cake eater. But putting myself in the mind of this person, I'm going to have to say that, you know, the the shame generation from I have just sat down and eaten three quarters of a three-day-old sheet cake, 
they they left it, but it might not have been with ill intent to make someone else clean right. it up. I think they just they had to retreat from the battlefield <laughs> at that so, point. So that you you raise a really good point. Uh, this may not have been a conscious choice <laughs> to leave it where it lay. Uh, they could have could could have had some sort of uh physical distress uh in which they were they were removed from the cake uh either you know some sort of uh intestinal distress that they they had to make the get the quickest point from a to b uh to that restroom um or uh one can only guess the the more obvious one would be a just a flat coronary <laughs> just literally having a heart attack after consuming that much cake um, yeah, so maybe we're being judgmental. Maybe, maybe we're calling this guy an asshole where it doesn't really belong. All right, so, uh, I believe we have, uh, gotten every single morsel that we can get out of this, uh, this cake question. Uh, so do you want to do another audience question or do you want to go back to the internet again? Uh, let's, uh, let's go back to the internet. Yeah, there's a little bit more, uh, shaking around in that, that barrel of fish. Yeah, definitely. The question is, uh, this is from a user that their name has disappeared. Um, so we're going to call him um, Sturvel. 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 Right. I like Sturvel. Um, so uh, Sturvel asks, how to beat feeling sleepy in the office? Uh, I'm a 24-year-old high-tech professional. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> c- so can we assume that he is a... Oh, is he a tech professional who is high? Which is possible if he lives in several states. Exactly. Uh, or is he a professional who is high tech? I'm mm. imagining he's trying to say that, but if he's trying to say that, then he obviously isn't. Or he's obviously high. Uh, either way, so tech professional, and my job tells me to spend about 10 hours a day uh, in front of the computer. Uh, when I get home, I work as a freelancer, which makes it another four or five hours in front of the co- computer. I hardly get to watch TV. I sleep for about five to six hours a day. Then I come to the office in the morning. I still feel that I could do with some sleep. Uh, do you guys have any inputs? Who I can beat this? A little typo there. Uh, and then there's a there's an update underneath. I am not into a heavy breakfast. I normally have two cheese sandwiches for breakfast. Those are competing statements. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I am not into a very heavy breakfast, and I normally have two cheese sandwiches for breakfast. Um, In... So so what is the comparison here? By by what measure is two cheese sandwiches, along with some fruits, as he said, uh, how is that considered not a very heavy breakfast? I mean, if we're comparing it to like a full English fry up. I mean, absolutely. But uh, yeah, I've got no other indication of where he's from or what is more culturally acceptable. But yeah, in America where, you know, one biscuit or a bowl of cereal is considered a, you know, decent breakfast. um, Yeah, I think that's a very heavy breakfast. Um, And then he goes on to say, uh, for lunch, I have normal food uh, and he's got ellipses on either side of food. Um, so I'm assuming so food here is suspect, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, and some more fruits, which I carry from home. Uh, well, that would make me tired if I 
carried a you know box of fruit literally from my home to my workplace. Yeah, it um, depends on how much fruit we're talking. Yeah, um, and it says then I have dinner around uh, around nine thirty, then more computer. Um, I feel that there's an obvious answer in here, uh, which is absolutely you are you are working too much and sleeping not enough. Yeah, that that is one reasonably straightforward cause of feeling sleepy is hey, I work 16 hours a day. Yeah. That that would absolutely do it for me. Um even if I, you know, got 16 16 hours of work and then a solid 8 hours of sleep, I would still feel like death. Um but you know, back when I was gaming, I would probably get on average 5 hours of sleep. Uh, maybe six hours if I if I got bored um, and went to bed early, um, and I felt like crap a lot uh, when I switched to you know just something simple as getting like at you know at a minimum seven hours of sleep a day. Um, I was like, holy crap! You mean to tell me that I don't have to be a complete asshole for the first four hours of the day every day? This is what normal people feel like. It was actually no. quite uh, quite. Uh, quite enlightening. Let's see. I tend to average about five hours. So. Oh, so that explains it. How how much of my general personality is just lack of sleep? Well, and I, I mean, to get to the root of it, I think we have to, to question when it's when your general demeanor started. Um, so did you just like did you just pop out the womb? you know, glaring at people and talking about low productivity and trying to encourage synergy. Uh, Pretty or, much. So, I mean, if, if that's the case, um, yeah, then I think the sleep is just, you know, maybe adding an extra 10% on top of that. Maybe. I hope that's probably it. Um, or else, you know, uh, I could just take a nap one day and wake up a completely different person. That That is terrifying. As a child, I uh, I had an L-shaped desk in my in my room. Uh, I, I didn't quite have a cubicle set up, but it could have been a cubicle. <laughs> See, I, w- I was wondering where you were going with that for a second, and I was like, an L-shaped desk. It did, I mean, did like John Wayne Gacy have an L-shaped desk or? Nope, just you know your average productivity desk there in in my childhood bedroom. Your parents painted your walls, uh, you know, just like a like an eggshell. Um, put up a couple of uh, whiteboards, or I guess in that that age it would have been chalkboards um, if they'd invented how, chalk. How old do you think I? Am? <laughs> um, not not but, old enough uh, that you couldn't beat me to a pulp. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm hoping that that my personality isn't just uh, chronic sleeplessness. Although I will say, like, I don't get enough sleep. I am worse um, for several hours in the morning. Hmm. If if that says anything, like, by the time I go into work, I am bright, shiny, and peppy compared to my morning self. <laughs> Like if I don't if I don't get my morning shower, nobody wants to be near me. I mean, I'm that way too. I mean, it doesn't matter what time it's, it's it has much less to do about what time of day it is. 
It's just when did I do my my routine for the morning? Like if uh, if I didn't get up, brush my teeth, and take a shower, uh, I'm not awake yet. Like it may be three in the afternoon, and I've been walking around and muttering for four hours, five hours, seven hours, uh, yeah. but I am not awake yet. Oh yeah, no, that's that's me too. Yeah, so uh, you know, like there have been some times where. Like we've had to hurry up and do something in the morning and I'm like, here's what I'm going to do. If you set your alarm for X, I'm going to set my alarm for X minus 15 minutes and then I'm going to take a shower or else we may not arrive at our destination because I've exploded, uh, just spontaneously combusted out of rage or just general hatred. No, I mean, uh, I have I have said this in the past. We are three days into <laughs> me not having hot water from a Mad Max level, just complete psychotic break. Just me in a leather Speedo, nothing else but a hockey mask and a gigantic battle axe made of a stop sign. Like... That Does it have just... to be a stop sign, or can it also be like, like one of those uh, uh, kind of triangular yield signs? I mean, it could be a yield sign, but, but uh, ha- I guess you'd have more like points and edges with a stop sign. Yeah, I just uh, I've always probably just been attracted to that stop sign because it makes people stop. Oh, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah. But see, I, I I think it's I think it's funny. Uh, and, and you aren't lying. Like you, you have uh, made mention of that exact sentiment in the past. Um, and it always kind of surprises me that it's like, like for me, you know, I might be, I might be groggy or cranky, uh, if, you know, civilization ended and I couldn't, um, I couldn't shower or whatever, uh, bathing luxuries I may have available to me, um, you know, mine would be the other normal problems like, like, hmm, I haven't checked my email in three days. I'm getting a little nervous. Uh, I, I'm probably going to go round up some apostles and, and storm the castle. Um, <laughs> or like, you know, I, I haven't checked my, you know, n- not necessarily social media anymore, but like I haven't done my other somewhat uh, first world problem type of things. Um or I haven't uh, haven't had Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> see, when I ha- when I have Taco Bell, I feel like I am going to die. When I haven't had Taco Bell, I feel like other people should have to die. Yeah, that's that's the double edged sword of Taco Bell. <laughs> and when when I when I have Taco Bell, you know, I feel like I'm going to die, and other people wish for death. So yeah. I mean, the bell giveth and the bell taketh away. <laughs> and I, I, think I think we're think back to is... food, but this guy, I mean, he seems obsessed with what it is that he's eating. He's like, hey, I'm tired. And sort of casually mentions, because I work 16 hours a day. But then he goes in depth into like, in the morning, I have two cheese sandwiches. Right. The only part that he's not specific about is the suspicious, you know, double ellipsis food that he eats for lunch. 
Yeah, that's true. It could be Taco Bell. <laughs> and he also he also cites, you know, uh, I have sandwiches for breakfast along with, and, and the way he puts it, along with some fruits, plural, fruits, uh, more for than lunch one, I have normal huh? food, and then some, some more fruits, which I carry from home. I, I need some specifics on this. Because, uh, like, I've, I don't think, I don't know if I've ever eaten more than one fruit at a time. Like, I have never uh. eaten, eaten an apple and said... Let's do that again. Uh, <laughs> that, that was so good. I want to try that rodeo once more. Right. It's like, I don't think I got the full experience of Apple. Uh, let me have a second. Uh, no. Like, you know, I'm a firm believer in exactly one apple a day keeps the doctor away anymore. And, you know, what else What else could I invite? Like, what? you know, zero apples a day, you get visited by the doctor. One apple a day, nobody messes with you. Two apples a day, fucking wolves. Like, yeah, like, what are we talking about here? Some possible dark right involving three apples. <laughs> involving the wolves that came when you ate the second one. The only thing the only thing I can think of is this guy needs to stop eating the South Equatorian snooze fruit. <laughs> or he needs to back off the work just a little bit. I agree. I agree. And, and I'm, you know, at first he said high tech and I, I didn't necessarily believe him. But then when he said, you know, I work 10 hours a day and I go home and I work five more on a side project. <laughs> software developer. Yeah, clearly, clearly a software developer. Every software developer I know is like, oh, man, I got to go home so I can work on my side project. <laughs> yeah, I got to got to get off work on time so I can go get to, to work at home on time. Yeah. See, as a, as a project manager, when I leave, I've left. <laughs> I don't have any more work to do at the house. Right. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could project manage your family. Um, they they dislike that. You can get some benefit from that, but yeah, enough. no. So yeah, I guess we've just got a, a software developer who's working himself too hard and then being sleepy. Yep. Everybody, you know. Work as hard as you need to, but sleep about as hard as you work. Uh, find some time in there to, to play, have some fun, do some healthy things. If not, you know, you don't have to go truly like work out or anything, but take a few minutes, meditate, do some things for yourself. Um, yeah, and if you're having, still having sleep trouble when you, you know, really kind of get everything back in line, uh, go get a sleep study. Uh, and you know, being completely serious here, go get a sleep study. Uh, you may think you have a handle on your shit when it comes to sleep. Uh, you may not. Um, That's true. That's true. Yeah, both both you and I, Frank. Uh, we both use CPAP machines. Uh, yeah. You know, we we have we have consumed food to the point where our considerable human girth can no longer be supported by <laughs> our 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 measly respiratory structure. I have I have outgrown this frail mortal coil already. <laughs> you're be, you're you're becoming too powerful. Um, and part of your Mad Max thing will probably be like uh, like that mask from a uh, uh, Fury Road, where oh, yeah, the guy yeah. just has that big mask in front of him, but it's not going to be strapped to like whatever gaseous thing. It's just going to be a CPAP machine. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
or if it's the future and I've no longer got electricity, at that point, that's when I'm going to need my many slaves who will breathe for me throughout the evening. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. It, CPAP is in the sand for, like, Carl's positive air pressure. Oh, God. Uh, just one Carl isn't going to do it. I mean, I'm going to need, like, at least 10 or 12 children uh, taking turns. <laughs> go child positive air pressure yeah there we go child positive air pressure (laughs) oh we must breathe into this tube lest the master die in the evening (laughs) but but what if what if master died we would be free it's like no 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 don't don't say that don't say that master will hear and wake up cranky because he hasn't we, he were hasn't talking, been get- we weren't breathing for him. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh. Oh uh, yeah. So this person, uh, yeah, they 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 definitely need to either uh, work less, uh, stop eating uh, terrible, questionable food with ellipses around it, <laughs> go get a uh, sleep study. Or my last possible thought on the subject is they didn't say where they were from. Mm-hmm. Titsy flies. <laughs> this isn't Jumanji, Frank. <laughs> well, I mean, it was a it was a theory. It wasn't necessarily a good theory. Ah. <laughs> oh. Send your questions on workplace or lifestyle issues to questions at WLICast.com. This has been the Work-Life Balance Podcast. I'm Frank Eastman. I'm Derek Lewis. And with that, I think we'll need to transfer you. <laughs>